and to Jesus be the glory today and the honor and the praise and God's people said amen and amen. Thank you for being my family. I really mean this. Thank you from the bottom of my heart that you are my family. God's beloved people. And you've shown your love over and over. You know, I read your amazing, you know, things that you put on, on, on Facebook and YouTube and the, the messages you, you have sent me. You are just so sweet. I am so excited. I'm going to see you in heaven and get to know you. And today we, we, we continue with this beautiful teaching on the revelations on the Lord's Prayer. Ten revelations. When I was a kid and we would pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy. I never even knew there were revelations, you know? After I got saved, I began to see it's a roadmap into the presence of the Lord rather than just a prayer. People pray and don't know what they're saying and why they're saying it when they're not saved, I mean. But once you're born again, everything changes. Everything changes. Lord, we come again today in simplicity of faith. And Lord, I pray you'll speak to your people. Bless them this Wednesday. Oh, Lord, bless them. Bless them. Renew them. Empower them and strengthen them. Anoint them for your glory and honor in these last days in Jesus' holy name, meeting every need. And God's people said, Amen. All right. So, our Father relationship, which art in heaven, citizenship, hallowed be your name, worship, thy kingdom come. I put your interests out of mine. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Lord, I agree with your will. I agree with what you said in your word. I come into agreement with your word. Now we can make our petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Is the sixth thing on that roadmap, which we talked about yesterday. Now we're going to look at something very important. We're going to look at the seventh. And the seventh is, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. So confessing our sin, you know, confessing our sin and forgiving others uh, brings us far into that roadmap where prayer now will be answered and guaranteed to be answered. I'm going to say it again. You know, when when we have that relationship, when we are citizens of heaven, when we have worshipped, when we put God first, when we've agreed with his word, now we can make a petition. But sometimes, you know, that prayer won't be answered unless we forgive our enemies. Not only do we say forgive us, but as we forgive others, So forgiveness and forgiving others, you know, they're kind of uh, twins, you know. When I say, Lord, forgive me, well, God will not forgive me if I don't forgive someone that hates me, that speaks against me. That's a tough one. Boy, that's a tough one. But, you know, I heard years ago a man named David Duplessis. He was Mr. Pentecost, we used to call him. Mighty man of God. He said one thing that so touched me and just made sense to me. He said there are two sins to which there is no forgiveness. Not not just one. We all know about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. 
There's no forgiveness against that sin. We all know that. And no true Christian will ever commit that sin. No true Christian will ever, ever blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But unforgiveness is the second sin that God will not forgive. Because Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, he will not forgive you. And then that somebody, according to Matthew 17, will be tormented by demons for not forgiving people. And people say, well, do I forgive them if they ask me to forgive them? Or do I forgive them whether they ask me or not? Jesus on the cross, did they ask him? Did anyone say, forgive me, Lord? He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. A lot of people that that come at you and want to want to hurt you and, and harm you, they don't know what they're doing anyways. Yes, no, no. We forgive without waiting for that somebody to come and say, oh, I'm so sorry for doing this against you. We just forgive. Because if we don't forgive, we go down below their level. It torments us, it hurts us, it harms us, it doesn't harm them. Forgiveness is liberating. It liberates us from bondage. It protects us from the demonic. I'm going to say it again. Forgiveness literally protects your enemy from the demonic. So forgive us our debts as we forgive others is so important in the word of God. It is vital, in fact, to our faith. So it's so, it's so, it's so important because if we don't forgive, we will be tormented, sweet people. We really will be. And the Bible is so clear, you know. So, it's time, it's time we have to let it go. You know, I think so many times people get into such trouble with God because they just, just won't give it up. So, you remember in Matthew 18, it talks about the man who just would not forgive. It says, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors, in verse 34, till he should pay all that was due to him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespass. Now that's a tough one, forgiving from your heart, like, you know, okay, you know, I can say, well, Lord, I forgive him, but I sure don't want to forgive him. Well, that's not real forgiveness. Only as we walk in the Spirit, which is the result of God's Word and fellowship in our hearts, only as we walk in the Holy Spirit, which, like I said, results from the Word and prayer, can we really forgive from our hearts. So, now, let's look at, again, you know, I just showed you Matthew 18, but but let's look at, uh, at Jeremiah 5. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 5. And let's look at verse 25. All right, here's, here's what it says. Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. Wow. Your iniquities have turned away these things. Good things have been held back because people don't forgive. They've been so tormented. 
Now, when we confess our sin and when we forgive, here's what we're really doing. Let me show you Isaiah 27. Let's look at Isaiah 27. Let's look at verse 5. Let him take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me. And he shall make peace with me. That is incredible. Let him take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me. When we forgive, you know, first, when we confess our sins, we are making peace with God. And when we forgive others, we're making peace with God. But it also says, you take hold of his strength. I don't think we can truly, truly forgive others who really hate us without God's strength in us, enabling us. So when I confess my sin, and then I say, Lord, I forgive others, God gives me the the grace. God gives me the grace. God gives you the grace to, re- to really mean it. And then strength comes into you. Strength comes into you. Because frankly, you know, it's not in us. We, we don't have the capacity to do right. We really don't. We want to, but we just don't have it in us. Jeremiah 10.23 is very clear on this one. It says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man that walks to direct his steps. It's not really in us to forgive. We, we don't want to forgive. We want to go and harm them, you know, in some way. But forgiveness is vital because forgiveness guarantees God will answer that prayer in that sixth, you know, revelation on the road. So Isaiah 43 and verse 25 and 26 says something powerful. Hello there. Jeff just walked in. He's working with me on a beautiful book. We'll tell you about it later. But so Isaiah 43, um, 25 and 20, 20, 26. Let me just do it one more time. I'm having a little difficulty with this, this lovely iPad here, you know? Anyways, okay. So Isaiah 43 and verse 25, it says this. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, will not remember thy sins. Now watch what God says. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together, declare thou, confess your sin, that you may be justified. But like I said earlier, it is impossible for me to have peace with God if I confess my sin, but I don't forgive somebody who's done me wrong. Because Jesus said, in that prayer, forgive us as we forgive. It's, you know, they're twins, okay? So God wants to literally clean away our past and clean away all the things we've done and said and thought that were not right. But sometimes we're not able to, to see that cleansing, that purity. I think the reason people confess their sins and they keep confessing the same sins over and over and they have no liberty and they go right back into their sinning is because they can't forgive anybody. And I got to say it again. Forgive them even if they don't ask you for forgiveness. You know, some people use in Luke what it says how the man went back and said and how Peter asked, you know, the Lord how many times 
And he said, if, if your brother comes back and says, I'm sorry, 70 times 7. But on the cross, that's what we look at. On the cross, he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I've had that same question in my heart for years. Do I forgive them when they say, I'm sorry? Or do I forgive them when they don't say, I'm, I am sorry? And I thought about the Lord. He forgave you and me before we said, I'm sorry. He died and forgave the world, the whole world before we said, I'm sorry. In fact, he forgave us before the foundation of the world, it says in Ephesians 1. If God should forgive me and you without us asking before we got even saved. If he would forgive on the cross without them asking. See, the thing is this, very important. We forgive like the Lord forgives. But if they don't confess their sin, there is no entry into glory for them or anyone else. Because we can't have forgiveness without confessing. Without confessing our sin, without confession, there is no forgiveness. Even though we are forgiven in, in, in his heart, he's already done it. What a blessed Lord to forgive us on that cross And I think every believer who's really walking in the spirit will just let it go whether that person says I'm sorry or not because you'll be free even though they will never be free unless they repent. I heard Richard Nixon years ago say something very powerful. He says when people hate, it destroys them. Not the one they hate. It destroys them. Don't let it happen to you. Be free from that in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, Micah, I want to give you one more amazing promise from the Bible about this, and then we're going to go on. Micah chapter 7. I'm going to go a little extra today because I want to finish the whole teaching. Micah 7 verse 18 is one of the most touching verses for me. Who is a God like unto thee that pardons iniquity, that passeth by the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delights in mercy. Watch this. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depth of the sea. God Almighty. Who pardons iniquity. And he passes by the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. Because he does not retain his anger forever. He delights in mercy. He will have compassion. He will subdue our iniquities. When we say, Lord, I'm so sorry. And Lord, I forgive. He he literally brings our sins into subjection. He will not go back and sin again. Number eight. Lead us not into temptation. I have ten of them today. Almost done. Lead us not into temptation. So, when we have gone through all those steps, then... God will will help you that you'll not go repeat it again. The same thing you just confessed is gone for good for the rest of your life. You'll not repeat that sin to have to confess it all over again. Lead us not into temptation. It means that God will, will help you prevent it from happening. So we've asked for forgiveness. Now we're asking for deliverance from that sin that caused us to fall into sin in the first place. Deliverance from the power of sin. We confess our sin. Now we're free from the power of sin. 
And we need to pray that, that God will do it for us. All right. Sometimes, sometimes God leaves us. You know, if you've ever felt like the presence of God was not there, God leaves us, the Bible says, to really show us our true hearts, that we would go back and repent. God shows us. So if you have struggles where you're just going nowhere, you know, you're not getting anywhere, realize that God is just trying to reveal you to you. The Bible says in Second Chronicles 32, 31, how God left Hezekiah. Let me read that to you. Come on. That is Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. And that is chapter 32. This is a very revealing uh, portion of the word. It says, How be it in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon? Because, see, he had allowed these people from Babylon to come and look at all his treasures, who sent unto him to inquire of the wonders that were done in the land. God left him to try him, that he might know all that was in his heart, that Hezekiah may discover his own heart, how his heart is lacking. So it would turn him back to the Lord for compassion, mercy, and deliverance. So sometimes, you know, when we're struggling, just realize God is just showing you, come back home. He wants you to come back home. Number nine, deliver us from the evil one. This is the the prayer of strength so that we would be able to resist the devil. So that that amazing request, deliver us from evil means give me the power to say no to the devil. Give me the ability to resist the enemy. James 4, 7, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But I cannot submit to God until I do what I've just been showing you here the relationship, the citizenship, the worship, the agreement with God's will, dear Lord. Yeah, it's all that is so important because that says to me, I'm walking right with the Lord. Even forgiving enemies, I'm walking with God. I'm showing I'm a, I'm a Christian. So submit to God isn't, well, Lord, I submit to you. No, it's doing what he said. He wants you to walk with him. He wants you to be a citizen of heaven. He wants you to worship him. He wants you to put your his interests ahead of yours. He wants you to agree with his word. He wants you to make petitions. And then forgive others so you can be blessed with answered prayer and peace with God. Then God will deliver you from doing it all over again. But he'll also give you the power of resistance. That's number nine. You will be able to stand against Satan. He'll never, never defeat you. The only people that will ever be defeated by the enemy are those who allow it. Those who consent to be defeated. You cannot be defeated. When Jesus is the high priest in your life, he's your high priest in glory. You can never be, be, it's impossible to be defeated when the Lord is our high priest. So, 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, this is important because 
I think sometimes we we just don't see the full picture till we read it. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. No, he's not toothless. He is a very, very vicious enemy who hides, who hides, looking for someone who's not walking and living right to devour. So it's possible to be devoured by the enemy if we're not living the Christian life as we ought to. And I've given it to you. It's so simple. Because in that roadmap of the Lord's Prayer is really the true Christian life. What I just gave you is the real Christian life. One walks in relationship, citizenship, worship, and so on. That person truly is one who is living the Christian life. One who forgives and lets go and all that. Be alert. Be vigilant. Well, I can't be alert and vigilant unless I'm walking in the Spirit. And when I am, then I can. Deliver us from the evil one. That prayer of strength. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray, give them that strength that no enemy will ever touch them. In Jesus' holy name. And number 10. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. No prayer is complete without praise at the end. Without praise. We enter through worship and then praise. We see it all up. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, Lord. There is such power in praise because that's where God lives. That gives us access to the throne and so much more. This is where the enemy turns on each other and destroys each other. Remember praise with Jehoshaphat? When they began praising the Lord, Jehoshaphat began praising the Lord and the armies of Israel began praising the Lord and the enemies turned on each other and destroyed each, you know, each, each other. The same will, will happen in your life when you always finish with praise and thanksgiving. Lord, I give you praise. Come on, let's bless him. I thank you, Lord, for what you've shown us today. I pray your people will live that kind of life where they will walk with your Lord in relationship. Oh, sweet Jesus, where they will know their citizenship, where they'll know that worship and put you first in their life, Lord, and do your word, Lord, and and ask you for the things that you will always give. And Lord, that they will ask forgiveness and confess their sin and forgive others. And Lord, that they'll never be led into temptations in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray, always delivered from the evil one, and always praising you. Let them live that kind of life. For your honor and glory, I give you the praise. And God's people said, Amen. Now, Lord, meet every need. Answer that prayer in their life. Hear that cry and answer that cry. In the name of Jesus. Amen and Amen. Well, thank you for allowing me to be with you today. Tomorrow, a different teaching, a brand new teaching. 
for one day and then we have the healing service on Friday. But now it's time to give to the Lord's work because, see, it's so important that we obey this beautiful command, especially in the days we are living in, where there's so much fear, so much uncertainty, so much bad news on the news. Dear Lord, that's all you hear is bad news. We don't want to hear any bad news. That's why we need to be with the word, in the word, live the word, walk the word. Every single day of our lives, spend time with Jesus so you'll have that peace that passeth all understanding. But when we give, it's that act of faith. It's that point of contact where we place our finances or a portion of our finances in the hands of the Lord and we say, Lord, I give you what is owed to you. I give you what I want to give you so you will use it for your glory. God touches that. He blesses that. He multiplies that. He gives it to you. The harvest is always guaranteed when I give to the Lord. Always guaranteed. You know, money is seed in the hands of God. It's not seed in the hands of people. It's seed in the hands of God. I can take my money and buy something at the store. I'm exchanging it for something I want physically or for something in my life, whatever. But then, you know, I'll have to go do it again because we all run out of food. We want new clothes, new this, new that. But when I give it to God, He turns it into spiritual seed, powerful seed that he blesses. And next thing you know, the harvest starts coming back from all directions, multiplied and blessed many times over and guarantees our future. So the harvest that comes, not only does it come today, God says now when the problems get bigger and and worse in the future, I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to take care of you when there will not be blessings on earth. You'll be blessed. And nobody you know, around you that hasn't been giving will be blessed like you. Pastor Young at Cho, who went to be with the Lord recently, told me the story years ago. When he began his church in Seoul, Korea, his people were poor. They were all farmers. And he began teaching on tithing and giving very nervously and reluctantly. They had a small church then. And he was quite nervous when he began teaching his congregation on the principles that the Word of God teaches. And they had no money, so they, they, they began bringing their vegetables to church and fruit to church and playing their, uh, and placing their produce on the platforms. A famine hit after the war, the Korean War. A famine hit, and people began to lose their farms and this and that except those who've been giving to the Lord their fruits and vegetables. Their, their farms were untouched. Now they, they, they began to sell their produce to other people and other farmers, and they became wealthy and blessed, and later became millionaires, all of them. And Pastor Cho told me, he said, they began by giving us their fruits and vegetables. And when the famine hit, only their farms were protected. See, when we give, God protects us in trouble. There's trouble down the road. And God will protect you if you give today and trust him. Lord, bless them in Jesus' holy name. As they sow that blessed seed, let the harvest come today 
and blessings tomorrow, abundant blessings. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right, you can give now to the Lord's work, Benihim Ministries. Go ahead and just do it on the platform you're watching me on or go to benihim.org online or simply text BHM45777. And by the way, we're going back on TV, God willing, it looks like the next few days. I'm so excited. And we begin with Lassie, the Lassie Network. Dr. Lesser Summerall began that network years ago. He's in heaven today. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for opening that door. We're going to start with that and then we're going to add others. All right. Much love and thank you for all you're doing for the Lord's work. Bye-bye.